Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to episode 83 of the Women's Running Podcast. Today, Holly and I are belatedly celebrating International Women's Day, with a bit of random ramblings, including the joy of drag race and whether or not Harry Styles or Morton Harkett would fancy us. We also talk about more running-related stuff, including practising our jeffing, listening to our hips and being kind to ourselves and our training. In a lovely sweaty interlude, I speak to Abby, head scientist from Precision Fuel and Hydration, about how we can better hydrate ourselves before, during and after a run. I had a sweat test with Abby at the National Running Show and she is keen to talk through my results, which are less disgusting than that sounds. She tells me how we can measure how much we sweat to ensure that we're taking on the right amount of water and electrolytes when we run. Importantly, she also tells us whether we can or can't drink coffee and booze. There is some good news here. Some. After that, we come back to Holly and me talking about the biggest thing that annoys me when I run. And I've tried not to ostracise all people here, but I have a worrying suspicion that I might have done. Spoiler, it's about dogs. Which naturally leads into a discussion of what kind of animal we both are. Answers on a postcard or to wrpodcast at anthem.co.uk, please. Then, just two more things. Firstly, in case you've not noticed, we've launched ourselves in a slightly abashed way onto Patreon, as we need your help to keep going. Please support us with whatever you can at patreon.com forward slash women's running, and you'll get some lovely patron-only perks. Last things last... Over on our Instagram page, at Women's Running UK, we've launched Run for Ukraine because we want to do whatever we can to support people who need it most right now. It's really simple to get involved. Just run or walk 4K, donate £4 to the Red Cross and encourage four friends to do the same thing. Tag us, use the hashtag Run for Ukraine and raise some cash. Please help. This show is sponsored by Precision Fuel and Hydration, who offer a range of tools and products to help you personalise your fueling and hydration strategy so that you can perform at your best. 
Everyone sweats differently, and the amount of fuel we require varies depending on factors like the duration and intensity of our activity. So a one-size-fits-all approach to fueling and hydration just doesn't cut it. Head to precisionfuelandhydration.com and use their free online sweat test and quick carb calculator to understand your fluid, electrolyte and carbohydrate needs during training and racing. Then book a free one-to-one video consultation with the team to refine your hydration and fueling strategy for your next race. As a listener of the show, you can get 15% off your first order of fueling and hydration products by using the code WR15 at the checkout at precisionfuelandhydration.com. Okay, now on to the show. How are you? You all right? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I had a good gym class this morning and nice. I feel like... Yesterday and today has finally been an opportunity to actually get some stuff done that I've been neglecting for ages. So, yeah. So how are you feeling? Health-wise. Yeah. Definitely better. I think I've still got a little bit of a cough that won't budge. But um, in terms of, like, I don't, I've not got any kind of noticeable covid things apart from that anymore. I, oh. have, I, I did have really noticed my fitness go, go whoo. Oh, really? Um, yeah well I just the the last run I did which was last Friday Mm. was or Thursday maybe um it was um just really tough just really tough it was only two miles and I was a bit like oh god I've got to do 13 in a few weeks um but it is what it is and the class that I had this morning was okay I mean that was spinning not running but um I felt like I kept up fine and it, it was all right. So I'm hoping when I go for a run tomorrow, yeah. it's going to be a bit better. I've just got no yeah. idea where I'm going with distances and stuff at the moment, because it's obvious that I'm not going to be able to train to a, that I'm not, I'm not, I can't do normal half marathon training because I've only got three weeks. Sure. Um, so I'm just a bit like, how many miles should I do and see how many I feel like doing? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I, I can't, I, I don't think I can give you all the answers, but I, I, I certainly can't give you all the answers, but I, I do mm. think, I do think, I was just thinking about this at the weekend, actually, because I was thinking about how different endurance is, how different our fitness is, depending on the stuff mm. that we're doing. Like, mm. like running fitness is different from cycling fitness, isn't it? Which is different from, swimming fitness yeah um and I think there's lots of breathing related issues going on in there and stuff but sometimes you can you can feel super fit in one bit and then really unfit in another bit just because I don't know because of weird random stuff I think my big my big thunder thighs mean that spinning I always feel quite good at because I've got quite a lot of leg muscle but then running I can think, oh, this is a very similar motion and this and similar muscles that I'm using. Mm. But I suppose you're not holding your whole weight, are you? You're not. Yeah. Whereas, whereas with running, because I'm a bit heavier, I yeah. think it does make a big difference with the to my cardio when I'm having to sort of hold my whole body upright rather than being able to use the bike as a bit of a yeah. support. You know what? Okay, this is. I, I sometimes occasionally say this is the most middle class thing I've ever say, said. This is going to be the most middle class thing I've ever said. This is it. This is the actual <laughs> thing, which is it's like the difference between playing the piano and the cello, because like yes. with a piano, your notes are already made for you. 
like a bike. And with a cello, you have to make the notes before you play them. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, maybe. Oh, I like maybe. that. Thanks. <laughs> I like that. Very musical of you. Very Radio 4. It was rather, wasn't it? I was just listening to Women's Hour. <laughs> uh, oh, well, and happy International Women's Day for oh, yesterday. Yeah. Happy International Women's Day. How did you celebrate? I celebrated by... Uh, oh, by watching Drag Race. That's what I did last night. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was the final of UK versus the world, which is oh. sort of Drag Race meets Eurovision, where <laughs> the different queens from different countries <gasps> have to compete, and then the winning oh nation becomes the host nation. Tell me who won. It was Blue Hydrangea from Northern Ireland. <laughs> Blue Hydrangea. <laughs> She was great. She was great. We we kind of wanted her, I think. Yeah, yeah. Oh, lovely. Oh. So that's how I celebrated was with drag queens. That sounds very uplifting. It was uplifting. (laughs) It was nice. What about you? What did you do, yeah? I watched Starstruck. Have you watched that? I don't think so. Tell me, give me a a, a vibe. Uh, Oh, my God. I'm so into it. I'm watching it on my own. Oh, is it uh, new? So I would have... I would have heard uh, of it if it was. Yeah, yeah, but it's BBC, so it's not Netflix or anything like that. So it's BBC, mm-hmm. and it's uh, a woman from New Zealand, a young woman from New Zealand who gets together with a film star kind of unwittingly. She doesn't realise that she has. And she is absolutely, whoever the woman is that plays her is absolutely amazing. You just want to be her. She's brilliant. Mm. There's like There's this brilliant set piece where she's because um, it's a kind of on off on off on off kind of thing and and there's this fantastic set piece in the kind of second or third episode where she she has a one night stand with a chap and that's how it sort of that's how it starts with her kind of leaving him and just saying we don't have to stay in contact do we after this mm-hmm. and then she just she she goes off and it just turns into a big dance sequence and I think she oh. what is she dancing to I can't remember what she's dancing to uh, Return of the Mac and oh, it's just like, oh, I'm, I'm definitely going to watch she's this. She's really thrilled. And then she gets in, and her flatmate just says to her, without looking at her, says, Oh, as she's dancing behind her. And she went, Oh, you had sex last night, didn't you? <laughs> did she, when you say she didn't sort of mean to, does she not know that he's, does she not recognize him? No, not until the morning after the first night. She doesn't uh, recognize who he is. That's so part of every sort of childhood fantasy I would have about <laughs> like uh, meeting. Um, Harry Styles or somebody. Oh my God, you're so young. And being you're like, so well, young. I think that's. I, I to be fair, I think oh. probably that was. A, I was a little bit old to be being into Harry Styles. Oh my <laughs> God, I was. I'm thinking about Morton it, Harkett in the same way. Would but, you uh, have yeah. a? Would you have a sort of fantasy that you, you would meet them and they and they would assume you knew who they were and yeah. you'd go. Sorry, I, Sorry. What, what's her name? Yeah. And they go, you? oh, she's so not like other girls. Oh, she's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I used to think about that with either Morton Harkett or the lead singer mm. of Hot House Flowers. And I realised these things are just going way over your Morton head. Morton Harkett, pro- is he aha? Yes. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Got that one. Well done. He's yeah. quite attractive. I do know who you mean Quite that. attractive. Oh my God. The cheekbones of it. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Yeah, running. Let's. <laughs> <She's>... Let's. <laughs> Should we talk about running? When did we last record? I can't um, remember what I've done and what I haven't done since we well, last it was chatted. only last week, I think. I think it was I only last so. week. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. But I did I think, think it was just before my run for Ukraine. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. it was. It was. Um, so look, right. So, 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 uh, yeah, I can, I can see that you're worried about the half. And... I'm so worried, but I'm so worried I've reached a point where I'm just sort of going, uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff it. Um, uh, right. So we've, we've already discussed in great length, uh, the Jeffing technique. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, see how you go. So when's your next run? Tomorrow I'm going to go. So right. I was going to go today, but I just thought, I tell you what, so this is a thing that I need to tell you about. Um, yeah. but I'd forgotten about until now. Um, but it's been on my list of things to tell you. Mm. You know, you were telling me about, is it called Bositis? I was. It is. I don't know whether it's the same thing, but, but I, I definitely was struggling. It's always my right hip. Yeah. Um, and I tell you what, already I know what, what, what I'm doing wrong generally because remember we got told off, I'm, I'm not sitting Cross with legs. my feet flat on the floor. No, me either. me either. Me either. Oh, God, yeah. I'm going to rearrange. Yeah, go yeah, on then. Here we go. Yeah. But um, definitely noticed that. And I've noticed that before when I've done like 10 miles plus, which I think is slightly inevitable. Of course, you're going to have some aches and pains if you've been running for that length of time and that distance. Yeah. yeah. But I noticed it on my two miler the other day. Oh, did you? Yeah. And, so and that's what, why today I was like, I'm going to go for, I'm going to go spinning mm. because I've never had it when I've gone spinning before. Um, and I didn't, it was fine, but I'm a bit yeah. nervous about running again. Well, how does it feel now? Can you feel it now? Really? No. I could feel it sort of the 24 hours after my run mm-hmm. for Ukraine that I just was a little bit achy and I, it just felt slightly d- of a, a bit of a dull ache. And that's why I didn't run on the weekend in the end because mm. well I'd run on Friday anyway, so I didn't want to run on Saturday. But I didn't run on on Sunday either because I was just like I'd done a lot of walking on the saw here, yeah. yeah. And I was like, I'm going to leave it and go. Okay, um, right. So tomorrow, so so what distance are you going to run tomorrow? You can do the same thing, sort of a couple of miles. Yeah, I think I'll probably do like three or four and see how it goes. Okay, so can I give you actual proper homework for tomorrow's mm-hmm. run then? So. Yeah. Rather than seeing how it goes, do your walk run tomorrow. Okay. So if, if you were going to aim for, if you've got a route in your head that's like three and a half to four miles, do that, do all of it. Um, but run for mm, what would be comfortable. Um, do you think you could run for like nine minutes and then walk for one minute? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you've got a watch on you or... Yeah. Um, yeah, so either that or five minutes and run for one minute. So it's to see how you feel, see how your hip feels and all that yeah. kind of stuff. But um, I would like you to start practicing your jeffing tomorrow, like as soon as possible, okay. because it's definitely the way that you need to attack the Berlin half. Because yeah. you know you can get round because you've done it before. I mean, not I Berlin, know, but obviously. I've done it before when I've been not a, a crumbling mess and a blob. <laughs> You'll be fine. That you can walk it. You can walk the damn thing. It's yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. fine. That's very it's true. Absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. But but you need to you need to practice what you're going to be doing on race day. And I want you to 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 get some confidence because you don't feel confident. And I think the way that you mm-hmm. will feel confident is by doing the thing that we say that you're going to do and we haven't done yet. So which is the walk run? I which didn't is the do walk it run. in my run for Ukraine because I was like, I just want to get this. You just want to get it over and done, done with. and then I want to. Yeah, yeah. So, so don't don't think like that. Just just attack four miles. Take it incredibly slowly. 
Mm. run at somewhere between five and 10 minutes, but no longer than that, no longer than okay. that. And then a rest that you feel comfortable with. So that could be one minute, which can feel like quite a long time when you're running. Yeah. Um, but try and keep it so it's the same sort of length of time in between your runs. Okay. So one or two minutes, maybe five minutes. I mean, see how you feel. Yeah, it goes. And, then, and you'll feel so much better once you've finished, so much better because you would have done the whole distance yeah. rather than cut it halfway. Yeah. You're so right. I I, I needed I to know. hear that actually. I can do it. <laughs> Why am I acting like I can't? I've definitely done long runs on not on hangovers, on yeah. not as much practice as I should have done. Yeah. On and I've been fine. It's gonna yeah. be fine. You will be fine. You'll be amazing. You yeah. will be amazing. And see it, I think maybe both of us, because I'm worried about my hip as well, and and we need to consider it a sightseeing tour of a city we have little knowledge of and certainly yeah. I've never visited. So I've never. And you haven't either. So mm-hmm. so let's let's do that. So it's it's just it's a it's a a, a very quick walking tour of yeah. a, a very interesting city. So um, Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's a it's a tour followed by a bratwurst and there's no <laughs> time limits or stress. Exactly. I think that's the other thing I get really nervous about is I feel that like if I was just doing this because I fancied signing up for the Berlin half, which is kind of also why I'm doing it, but mm-hmm. there is the added element of us doing it. And I don't want to feel like I'm letting people down or like, you know, we are have kindly been given the opportunity to go and do it. Yeah. And we've got people who will be interested in seeing how it went for us and will want and I get nervous that if I go, Oh, actually I had to walk the whole bloody thing and I my hip wouldn't stop giving me grief, I get worried that they're gonna be like, Well, how ungrateful, you little swine. <laughs> they, <laughs> and yes, that will definitely happen. That's never gonna happen, Hall. People no. are gonna love you more if you find it more tricky, but you won't find it tricky if if there's more walking and less running. It will be it will be what it will be. We just, I yeah. think you just need to be so super kind to yourself um, on the way around and just make sure that you're kind of looking after your body and listening to that hip um, and giving yourself every opportunity to kind of recover from it all, you know, um, yeah. to, to not, to not go all out in those first few, few miles. So, so just, you know, mm-hmm. nice and gentle. So yeah, do that tomorrow. That's, that's number okay. one. I'll do that and I'll let you know. How's, how's your training going? How are you feeling? Um, it's all, I, I, well, actually it's okay. I feel, mm. I feel more confident than I did after I did the Brighton half. I, I felt slightly broken after that, yeah. and, um, which was completely my fault. Um, uh, and, and, and I think there was also some kind of added factors in there. I think getting absolutely shit faced two nights before was probably not a great plan of attack. Um, and I think, um, uh, possibly I I could have drunk a bit more on the day before I could have, Mm. I could have maybe not run so close to a period, you know, that was totally my fault or, Mm -hmm. or, or or the moon's fault or whatever. Yeah. The moon. Um, It's the moon. Yeah. And the tides. And the tides. Always the tides. (laughs) God. Um, yeah. So all of those things. So I did a 10 mile run at the weekend to drop down a bit. Mm. Um, and it was fine. Actually, it was absolutely Good. fine. It 10 was miles is fine. quite nice. 
It is quite nice. I don't know why I'm saying that, but <laughs> it is it is quite a good when you're doing half marathon training. If yeah. I got up and I ran half, I run ten miles tomorrow after not being able to run more than about five or six, and then that would probably be horrible. Yeah. But when you're as a as a distance to drop down to, I think ten is quite nice. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, um, yeah, I, I I enjoyed that. I did. I've made a little note here because I I rarely ever make any notes about when we're having a chat on the podcast. But I have made a little note here to to explain that I did almost poo and then also also almost wee myself, but didn't. Oh, so on the, back, on the ten miler. This on the weekend. ten miler. On the mm. ten miler. I just had a moment of oh, and then another moment of ah, and then I was fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I feel, I feel like in in the spirit of, you know, disclosure, I should I should tell you these things. Yeah, um, I sometimes yeah. have where I feel like I'm gonna wee myself. I feel like I'm so desperate, and I I think you idiot. Why didn't you go for a, an extra wee before you left? Mm. You've got four miles to go or whatever, and I can't picture anywhere with a public loo along the way while I'm planning my route home, and then sort of after about mile one or two it does kick in where you get a sort of everything goes a bit numb and it's like well to be honest I can't feel that I need a wee anymore and if I weed I probably wouldn't really notice yeah <laughs> there is absolutely that <laughs> there is absolutely that and that is when those put like period pants and black tights come in very very handy yeah, just in case yeah. there's a, a huge uh yeah drop off um <laughs> uh drop out drop through deluge. one of those <laughs> it's all grimbles isn't it oh god <laughs> but i am i'm going to interrupt our lovely chat um because uh because we're going to do something a bit different this episode and we've got mm-hmm. um we've got a lovely chat with uh, Abby from Precision Fuel and Hydration coming up in a sec. And so, but also because Holly and I, we're going to be coming back afterwards um, because we promised that we would talk about the stuff that annoys us. And I haven't talked about that yet because. Oh, you still have to reveal your. I, oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Look at Tune me. In. Tune in. So <laughs> come back uh, in about 30 minutes and. I will tell you my awful, awful confession at the end of that. Okay. <laughs> so unfortunately, we've got no Holly with us today, but we do have Abby from Precision Fuel and Hydration, who's coming to talk to us today about sweat, um, which is very exciting for me because um, people that have listened to the podcast before will know that I'm constantly talking about sweat because I think I sweat buckets. Um and so, so this was quite an interesting thing to, to talk to Abby about when we met up at the national running show earlier this year. Um, and it's also an interesting thing. We'll come on to it a bit later, but because of, um, having chats recently with people like Sophie Power, um, who had a terrible experience, um, uh, having to be airlifted out of some exotic country because of, um, a lack of sodium i think but again that's what we'll, we'll, we'll get onto the the specifics later on and having followed damien hall lovely damien hall um ex of this parish um who was doing an fkt last year um a pennine way one um and went all leany so if people watch any of his videos um they would have seen that as he finished he was all leaning to one side and he talked about that on instagram a little bit because of um 
that that might have had something to do with an imbalance um, with his salts and his electrolytes and all sorts of it. But either way, I don't really understand the difference between salts, electrolytes, sodium, water, you know, what what we should be taking on board. So um, we wanted to ask Abby to come on to explain all of this because I'd spoken to her at the National Running Show and she'd done this very peculiar sweat test on me which <laughs> turns out wasn't me having to run on a treadmill for half an hour and sweat loads so <laughs> hi abby which is what hello <laughs> thank you for having me that is exactly what people think when you say sweat test and we've had it a number of times people turn up for their sweat test and they come in their sports gear they have their kit they've got their towel <laughs> to shower up later but it's an at rest test easy sweating you'll ever do just take a seat <laughs> that, that was the best and also I was slightly worried because it was at the national running show and I thought not only am I going to be running but I'm going to be having to run in front of other people oh, oh awful. God. yeah Absolutely no, none of that here. so right talk to me like I'm a child because I am when it comes to these sorts of things um <laughs> what how do people's sweats differ that's a great place to start um quite drastically in two in two ways really when we talk about you know how do you sweat we're asking what's your sweat rate like so what's the volume that you sweat how many liters do you sweat per hour and what's your sweat sodium concentration like how salty is that sweat do you Mm -hmm. lose a little amount of salt per liter or do you lose a lot of salt per liter and that's very variable between individuals that factor you know we tested you esther and we'll come on to that i'm sure and you were around you know just shy of the 700 mark 700 milligrams of sodium per liter we've tested people as low as around 200 250 and as high as you know 2000 2200 so you know tenfold difference between Mm -hmm. the low end and the high end and you sat somewhere you know around the middle just slightly on the lower side but that's relatively stable within a person so now that we've tested you Esther we wouldn't really ever need to test you again because Mm -hmm. it's largely going to be the same you'll always be in that same narrow bracket whereas sweat rate the other factor is a little bit well is a lot more variable within Mm -hmm. a person you know if you go out for a run on a hot day you're going to sweat a lot more than if you go out on a winter's day Sure. And so that factor is the one that we maybe need to pay a bit more ongoing attention to because it's variable and it has a big impact on your net sodium loss. And it's mm-hmm. that, that net sodium loss that we're always trying to address with the strategy that we kind of prescribe an athlete. The sweat sodium concentration that we measure is a very useful and interesting number to have but without pairing it with that sweat rate we don't know what your net sodium loss is like and so we're not, we're going to be prescribing you a suboptimal hydration strategy yeah gotcha. so any sweat tests that we do we kind of have to send an athlete away if they've not already done any sweat rate testing to go and determine what their sweat rate's like and we can mm-hmm. we, we can make a pretty good guess and and you said yourself Esther you you know you're sweaty you know yeah you know and it's it's unlike the sweat sodium concentration which you are someone do you think you lose a lot of salt in their sweat and they're like you know I've seen some very puzzled faces and they say Abby how mm-hmm. am I supposed to know that yeah that's you know a harder one to determine people tend to know if they're sweaty or not sweaty 
and so they can bracket themselves as low moderate high or very high and so yeah. we can make it you know we can really optimize it or we can get them to go away do some sweat rate testing by jumping on the scales before and after exercise and get mm-hmm. that number do it in different um temperatures different circumstances or we can you know crudely do it by asking an athlete you know do you sweat a lot when you go out for a run or you yeah. sat on the turbo or you a puddle so let's talk about the test i had at the show so this this was to test my sodium levels not my salt levels i'll get you to explain that in a minute um, <laughs> um so it's definitely about salt uh, sodium oh god I'm just getting it all confused. Really? Um, yeah. So it's about sodium. Um, so I had this test at the show and this, this wasn't the, um, you know, running on the spot and seeing, seeing the volume of sweat that I produce, which is a lot. Um, it was literally just trying to find out the, uh, sodium concentrations in my sweat. And it was, yeah, I was sitting down and you kind of plugged a few things on me and, and, and that was it. So can you, can you talk me through what the test does and and, yeah, and how it's kind of and how how it's done definitely i'll try to paint the picture so yeah. we i always say it's a three-stage test and the first stage is inducing you to start sweating and we do that by placing two electrodes onto uh, an individual's forearm one's red one's black and the red one is the positive electrode and that's where you're going to start sweating underneath. And that's because we place a disc underneath each electrode that is soaked in a chemical that has a positive charge. So when we switch on the inducer, which is a, a small rectangle box attached to the electrodes, we run a small electrical current through the two electrodes. And underneath the red electrode, you've got those two positive charges acting against each other, repelling each other, just like trying mm-hmm. to put two magnets together pushing that chemical into the forearm and it tricks the sweat glands into starting to contract starting Mm. to sweat on that one spot so that's step one we've induced you to start sweating and that takes five minutes we remove the electrodes we wipe that first bit of sweat away because it's a little bit contaminated perhaps with um the fluid that was on the disc and then we pop what we call a call a macroduct but is you know you could call it a sweat collector, a a small (laughs) blue disc onto the the forearm over where the red electrode was. And you know, Esther, what it looks like is it's got, Mm -hmm. uh, it's a plastic disc with plastic clear tubing wound inside it. And you've got a hole in the middle. You strap that to the arm and you sweat into the back of that disc and it acts as a vacuum pushing or you know pulling I suppose the fluid Mm. into the tubing of the disc and you see it wind round and that's a lovely blue color so that we can see it nice and clearly um just because we put some dye on the back of the disc once we've got enough of a sample we take the tubing out of the disc place it on our analyzer and push it through the machine which tells us your sweat odium concentration in millimoles per liter and as I said to Mm -hmm. the show Esther who knows what millimoles per litre means really, <laughs> other than you know the chemists out there. So we stick that into um, the algorithm we've got on the, the laptop and that converts it to milligrams of sodium per litre. Now that's useful for individuals because once you know what you lose in milligrams per litre, you can go and look at, okay, well, how am I going to replace this? And mm-hmm. sports nutrition products, real foods, all... Um, present their sodium content in milligrams 
Gotcha. So then it makes the maths nice and easy. Yeah, and it was it was completely painless. Just thought I'd put that in there. Um, yeah. <laughs> we literally just sat and chatted while my sodium was being collected and analysed. Um, what, what's the what's the salt sodium thing? Because you had to explain it to me, and I hadn't realised that until I spoke to you at the show. Yeah, and and this is a little bit of a um, a downfall of the field. And I've already done it in this conversation. We use sodium and salt interchangeably, and this is only complicated further by some sports nutrition brands putting salt on the back of their packets, others putting sodium. So it's very easy to think that the two are exactly the same, but salt is made up of sodium chloride. So it's not just sodium, it's sodium chloride, it's two compounds. And so salt is actually only 39% sodium and 61% chloride. So if you see salt presented on the back of a sports nutrition um, product to work out how much sodium you're getting in that you need to times that number by 0.39 that's the difference they're not quite the same they're similar but Mm. they are not the same gotcha so can we bore everyone by talking through my results because obviously i'm the most important person in the world um (laughs) but i uh, i thought it was interesting and and definitely worth a discussion because um it wasn't what i was expecting at all because you know as as discussed I think of myself as being quite a heavy sweater. And you asked me when, when I sat down and had a chat with you on the Sunday morning, um, you said to me, do you think that you have a lot of salt in your sweat? And actually, you know, I really did think I did because I'm used to having kind of a salty face after a long run. Um, and I, and I, and I just, for me, I just thought volume equated sodium salt loss you know I just thought that I was losing you know because of the amount that I must be losing loads and in some ways you're right Esther I think you are you're a really good example of why it's important to think of those two factors Um, because I'm sure you won't mind me saying your sweat sodium concentration was in the low bracket it was 676 milligrams of sodium per litre so just Mm -hmm. on that lower side of the continuum but if we're trying to look at your net sodium losses, we've got to factor in that sweat rate. So that number, as I said before, is what you lose per litre of sweat. But how many litres of sweat are you losing per hour? You know, if you're losing a litre and a half per hour, then that acts as a multiplying factor on our 676. You know, you're not losing a single litre, you're losing a litre and a half. So suddenly mm. your net sodium loss per hour is actually a lot closer to that thousand mark, you know, which we haven't talked about our different strength of products yet, but we have a, a 500, a thousand and a 1500 strength. And actually it was the thousands that you've been out using as well as the 1500s. So mm-hmm. you actually went far off where we have put you anyway. Um, yeah. But if you simply took your number from that test, you might think, oh, well, it's really not a problem for me I'm I'm really quite low actually but you knew from your own experience that that wasn't the case and the fact that you're seeing salt and things on your face afterwards is because the volume that you're sweating you know increases those sodium losses whilst you might not be losing much in a single litre you're losing more than a single litre and you're out for several hours and that's probably the third duration a third factor that we need to think about in that equation Mm. is not just your sweat sodium concentration, not just the sweat rate, but actually how many hours are you going out for? Because sweating yeah. for a couple of hours, if you're not very proactive with your 
hydration or your sodium intake, you probably get away with it. It's not going to be the end of the world. You'll create a bit of a deficit of your fluid and sodium, but you'll go away, you'll eat and drink something naturally in that recovery period, and you'll get you know back on top of those losses. However, if someone's out for three, four, five plus hours and yeah. doing you know a pretty poor job at replacing their losses what sort of starts as a small deficit only gets bigger and that's when it can become a real problem and a bit more of a limiter to performance yeah that'd be that's going to be really interesting to talk about in a sec um because i was just what i also found right so the two interesting things the two big interesting things i found from doing this test was number one that yeah low low sodium loss um which was not which was a surprise to me and i'd been drinking what i'd been running with um with the 1500 so the highest one um and uh so along with getting your test results you also get a kind of a a sort of almost like a recipe builder of of how you can use the hydration and fuel from uh, precision fuel and hydration to to kind of make your runs kind of better and easier and more effective and you know all that sort of thing and um and what was also news to me was that because what I, I thought I was doing good, I thought I was being a really good girl. That I was running not just with water um, and some carbs. That I was running. That I had precision hydration in in my um, bladder, so I was able to kind of drink that as I was going. And I thought that was that was good. But part of this recipe builder was to drink um, electrolytes before I ran, during I run, during my run, and after my run. This was all news to me. I felt like kind of like a, a six-year-old back at school. I was just uh, con- like stunned by that. And it was and not only that, but if I were to be doing a race or, or a sort of a longer, having a longer time out, that I should um, consider having electrolytes the day before as well or the, or the evening before. So all of this was completely new to me. And I've been doing it ever since, which has only been about three or four weeks. But and it's already made a difference. I think it's made a huge difference to have that to drink that stuff before I run during my run, and to have the drink when I come back. It's made a huge, huge difference to the comfort I feel when I run. That's um, really good to hear. Yeah, yeah, and and I think my recovery. I mean, I think that's a bit more difficult to kind of judge, but um, but yeah, it's just it, it does it does feel better that's feedback we get a lot actually Esther about the recovery um Mm. is that they feel it's helped with their recovery um and I and one of the reasons that may be is that optimizing your recovery does come down a lot to blood flow so things like ice baths massage compression garments a lot of their kind of um selling points or the ways in which they they are effective is that they promote increasing blood flow to you know the sore tired fatigued muscles but if we're dehydrated after exercise think of dehydration as a constriction of blood plasma volume you know there's less Mm -hmm. blood pumping around the body so if one of the ways in which we aid recovery is by increasing and improving blood flow what's the most effective way of doing that well putting more blood into the body how do we do that? We make sure we get rehydrated. You know, we, we drink some fluids. But importantly, you may not just want to drink a lot of plain water post-exercise because that can just flush the body out. 
we all know if we drink, you know, a, a relatively big glass of water in a narrow time period, we then visit the toilet a lot. You know, we just pee it or feel as though we're peeing it right out. We might, yeah. might not be hanging on to that fluid. And so when you add some electrolytes into that fluid, particularly you know, a high a high sodium mixture like the 1500 which is what we would recommend to optimize rehydration that kind of tips the sodium fluid balance in the body you put a bit more sodium in the body create a bit of an imbalance and the body doesn't want to make that worse by peeing out its fluid so it hangs on to it you know the body Mm. actually retains that fluid better and so i do think that that is a, a a genuine um benefit to being more proactive with your hydration be it before during or after is that you don't then stay in this dehydrated state or you don't get as severely dehydrated in that post-exercise period which then aids that recovery and you feel better going into the next session um that is feedback that we get all the time and it is hard to measure like you said it and it is it's very subjective of what, how people are telling you they feel but I think mm. given that we've heard it as frequently as we do there is legs to, to that yeah point. now okay uh what about cramp so I get cramp in my toes quite a lot yeah what's Wonderful. is that is that to do with what I'm drinking it can or be not? cramp is a is an interesting topic and it's very contentious in the literature and again a mm. little bit one where it was argued for and against and it was a very black and white issue for a while and again now it seems to have all met in the middle and we know that there's different causes of cramp it's not there's never or there needn't be just we're not going to decide it's one thing there is multiple um factors involved Mm. what one is a fluid and electrolyte balance imbalance and that is sort of one of the leading theories the second one is is muscular fatigue of which I think that's definitely, again, if, a, if an athlete's in unconditioned, um, yeah. perhaps they've just come back from off-season, it's really common in, in the football players we work with. They go and do, you know, they have their off-season and then they, they come back to pre-season training, get worked really hard and they, they're all cramping. And it's because mm. they've become unconditioned, the muscles have kind of, undergone some detraining they can't cope with the stress that they're being put under and it's the body putting the brakes on and saying well stop we're going to do some damage if we don't stop now Mm. so i do think that that is a genuine big cause of cramp if someone's coming to us and saying look i'm doing an iron man and every time i get onto the run i'm just I i cannot complete the run i'm cramping i'm having to stop every 5k and stretch it off it's really ruining my race we do a bit yeah. of digging, they're a heavy sweater, you know, they might, even if they don't lose that much salt in their sweat, they're out for hour upon hour upon hour, um, mm. so it all accumulates, and it's a, a hot event that is going to, you know, increase their sweat rates, their sweat losses are high, and then perhaps if we interrogate their hydration strategy, they're not taking much sodium, that would be the individual that I'd, I'd you know, describe them a bit of a plan and say go and go and trial this and then come back to us with some feedback Mm -hmm. and just like the recovery feedback we get cramping is one of those bits of feedback that we regularly get saying you know this has stopped me from cramping and so whilst we can never say completely that you know we can stop your cramping because there's different 
there is different things going on there. Yeah. It might not always be a sodium fluid imbalance. There is a definite margin of people I think um, we, we can really help. Okay, so just to, to my, my last question is the one that I know that everyone wants to ask because it's about our favourite things. Booze and coffee. Mm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you recommend that we all stop drinking our favourite drinks? Oh, in order to... I just couldn't do that. I couldn't do that to all the listeners. No, um, I'll start with coffee because that's a slightly sunnier picture. Um, oh, good. We all sort of, there is this myth, and, and that is what it is, that coffee is dehydrating. And that really stems from a study that lined up water milk orange juice and a bunch of other liquids and coffee Mm. had uh, participants drink the same volume of each one in different trials and then over the next two hours looked at how much urine they excreted and lo and behold when we drank coffee we excreted the most urine and so that was interpreted as, oh, coffee is dehydrating, or at least that's mm. where all the headlines were pulling, you know, coffee's dehydrating. But actually, the right conclusion to draw there was that it was just the poorest rehydrator. You know, if rehydration is your oh. goal, it is, it's less effective than water, milk, orange juice. But there wasn't a, a net negative um, fluid balance there you weren't excreting more urine than the volume of liquid that you had consumed in that cup of coffee so by all means have a you know a couple of cups of coffee a day as long as you're drinking other fluids I think the caveat is that whilst it's not dehydrating kind of in isolation if a person was drinking eight cups every day and no other fluids then over time that would have a you know be problematic um okay so that's coffee you know that's the British news that's good that's good (laughs) (laughs) alcohol is um that is a genuine diuretic and um the example I always use to kind of highlight that is we get asked why you can't use urine color as a measure of your hydration status you know Mm. and that's because urine color only really tells us what's going on in the kidneys you know if it's conserving or excreting fluids doesn't actually tell us about your hydration status in the body and the example i use there is that if you've been out on the drinks you might be excreting a lot of fluid a lot of clear fluid but Mm. you're certainly not well hydrated right and so alcohol really does upregulate um it alcohol in the body reduces the production of a hormone called the antidiuretic hormone so that hormone is responsible for conserving fluid and if alcohol causes us to produce less of that hormone we're not conserving as much water in the body we're excreting more um and particularly if you're drinking like shorts or um you know something without a mixer then you can get relatively dehydrated um, as we all know, when we've been on the booze, you know, wine is, I certainly feel most dehydrated and I've been drinking wine. But mm. if we've had something like a G&T with plenty of tonic in or even, you know, a vodka lemonade, something like that, that's mm. slightly less dehydrating because you are taking in some other f- liquid, other fluid alongside that. Um, right. With beer, really, 
um, yes, it's a diuretic, but it'd be slightly less dehydrating than, say, something like wine or shorts, um, where you've not got that additional fluid alongside it. But yeah, okay. you wouldn't encourage an athlete to be, funnily enough, to be releasing <laughs> alcohol yeah. around performance. Right. So precision hydration, I'm talking just about the hydration bit of it now. Can we take that as a hangover cure the night before? Like, so will that make us wake up the next morning feeling brilliant? Oh, I'd love to say a strong <laughs> yes. Um, it, it does help to some degree. And we can't shout about that. You know, I would love to. And I think you'd sell loads, right? It'd be a wonderful marketing. <laughs> Fringe benefits. Yeah. But um, we just can't do that. But it, it, it definitely does help to some extent there are a hangover as occurs for there is multiple reasons why you get a hangover um Mm. some people just don't metabolize alcohol very well so alcohol is toxic to the body so there's other reasons why you feel rough the next day you know Mm. it, it disrupts your sleep quality um as well but in terms of the dehydration side of things it would mixing up a, a pH 1500 the night before after you've been drinking. Um, yes, to some degree, you know, it helped with that rehydration, um, which can help with that headache the next morning. But as I say, it's not something that we shout loudly <laughs> about and certainly not promoting heavy, heavy drinking. Um, yeah, fair enough. I'm sorry, that was a very cheeky one just to sneak in there at the end. <laughs> no, I appreciate you sticking it at the end. <laughs> thank you so much for um all of this it's um it's been absolutely fascinating and look at you you're drinking orange juice and i'm drinking coffee um but <laughs> you you clearly practice you my coffee off camera yeah <laughs> yeah and she's got a couple of bottles of wine there but no one can see that so um <laughs> thank you so much that was um really really fascinating and um i loved finding more out about my sweat no, that was wonderful. great thank you for having me and if anyone has any questions head on to the website you can email the team you can also book a one-to-one free video consultation with one of us so 20 minutes sit down we can talk about your strategy, what you've been doing, any races you've got coming up, hydration and fueling. um, And they seem to be really, really popular. Um, So do make use of that. Yeah, no surprise. No surprise because I found out so much just having that with you and it really does feel like my running has improved as a result, which isn't something that you'd say necessarily after buying a new pair of shoes. Um, So it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's um, it's been a bit of a bit of a game changer to be honest awesome there you go everybody (laughs) game changer (laughs) game changer thanks very much abby no thank you yeah so back in the room back to the studio (laughs) (laughs) i wish we did have a studio i know well we kind of do actually i think we we should start doing more sessions there we're so comfortable because we only started doing this in obviously this is a it's a lockdown podcast, really, yeah, isn't it? It is a lockdown podcast, yeah. And so we've been very comfortable with our setup of, of over Zoom and we've got mics at home and stuff. But we do now have, you know, there's no reason we couldn't go and record together, is there? I We're know. I just, I want busy. our own one. I want a kind of like, you know, one that's, that looks like Philip Schofield in the broom cupboard. Again, I'm predating you. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but something, maybe, maybe something like this morning. That would be great, wouldn't it? Mm, oh, I'd love that. 
Yeah. We maybe get Alison Hammond on with us as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be great. And yeah, I do have this huge, huge love for Philip Schofield. Do you know he's a massive boozer? He's really into his, um, not in a bad way, but he's, um, I think he's got his own brand of gin. This is, this comes from like doom scrolling at night. And, yeah. And oh was, no, I didn't know that about him. Yeah. He doesn't gin, strike me as a a gin bloke. Massively into his gin and his into wine. His gins. Yeah. I, I, I hope I'm not Aww. doing him a disservice by saying that. Well, we can have him. So we'll do our bit and we'll talk about running. Yeah. We'll have Alison Hammond can sort of just, just laugh get involved, and do stuff. Have a laugh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, we can have uh, Philip. Get him pouring, uh, pouring yeah. us wine, and he can <laughs> yeah. he could be the sommelier of the podcast, <laughs> yeah. and then we can have Ainsley Harriet oh, make Ainsley. us a nice post run meal afterwards. That that would oh, be. Oh, I love it! Marvelous! What a what a running Sorted. magazine show! That'd be absolutely incredible. <laughs> With three, uh, of, of course, of the most famous runners in Great Britain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and us. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's. Uh, there, there's some some issues there, but um, yeah. yeah, for sure, let's do that. So, um, okay. so we've just had we've had Abby talking about sweat, my sweat, um, mm. which actually wasn't embarrassing at all because it was only a tiny little bit of it. Um, but um, and I'm not sure you will have heard this yet, but um, right at the beginning of it, and um, I wonder if I'm going to say it on the intro. I don't know. I may have forgotten. But right at the beginning of it, um, we're kind of interrupted for quite some time by her enthusiastic dog barking in another room so there's some little woofs happening elsewhere oh. which i you know we kept in because you know who doesn't like a woof it's never it's always worked out for us well in the past actually <laughs> when we've kept woofs in it certainly has it certainly <laughs> has but that leads me rather beautifully to my <gasps> biggest pet peeve are when we I'm about running. to fall out yes i think we I are, think we are. <laughs> Oh God! So I feel terrible. I, I, I'm going to halve the listenership, right? It's it's not I'll that bring it's him back. Well, you you <laughs> on your shoulders. It is yeah. on your shoulders. Okay, so it's not it's not that I hate dogs because I don't hate dogs. Dogs are lovely things, but my issue is with some and not all, possibly very very few dog owners. I mean. Ev- Sure, I don't think that's divisive. Do you know? I what? think dog. A lot of dog owners are very irritating. Oh my god! I just, honestly, the the swearing I have to do when I'm like, I think particularly on the towpath, like there are there's so many ways in which dog owners irritate the crap out of me. Mm. One of them, one way is, and I don't even have to be running. Sometimes it's when I'm with the kids. It's uh, one way, particularly owners of dogs who are energetic, enthusiastic, and or massive, right? So Mm -hmm. those owners of those dogs, if they're the kind of owner that thinks to themselves, oh, my dog is absolutely amazing. My enthusiastic, massive dog is absolutely amazing. Everyone else must think the same. Yeah. That irritates me. That irritates me so much. Because you've never met the dog no so we don't know if it's a bastard a a rabid bastard yeah (laughs) and when this massive dog then jumps up to go close to like say felix or something uh, i will shoot a paddington hard stare at that that owner who Mm. will look at me nine times out of ten benignly and they're kind of yeah it's so cute isn't it and it's like no 
it's an actual massive animal that's probably on its hind legs twice the size of my seven-year-old. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's the assumption that you will love their dog too. So that's that's issue number that's, one. That's one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Issue number two would be the long lead tripping hazard. Yeah. That's issue number two. Um, issue number three would be... What are, what are the other behaviours? Well, I guess sometimes dogs do get in the way a bit when you're, when you're running down a dahoo path, don't they? They totally There's do. There's lead, but there is also just dog. Just dog. And yeah, little lo- ones. I love yeah. dogs. I love dogs with all of my heart. Yeah. But I, once I was cycling down a towpath and I a little lovely puppy came up and tried to say hello and mm. I'm not very confident on a bike and I very nearly swerved into the canal and... <laughs> Oh God! I love love dogs, and I would I wanted to meet the puppy very badly, but I also really didn't want to swerve my hire bike into a canal never no. to be seen again. No. And, but here's the thing: Did the owner apologise to you because no. of that? No, and I cried. Oh no! Oh Holly. I know. Oh. Sorry, I, I hijacked that with a cycling story. This is no, about you, well, no, because I was just thinking. I am, of, I, I am bolstering here your point. I do, I do agree. And dogs in almost any circumstance, I will have a billion of them. Please throw them my way. Yeah. But I think when you're trying to do something physical, and the dog bless its little heart, doesn't understand mm. quite what's going on. Plus, if you've got annoying dog owners who I feel less sympathetic towards because they should know what's going on yeah. with great big leads and who aren't thinking about the fact that they're right in the way, um, then, yeah, it is far from ideal, isn't it? No, it's so far from... And, and just to kind of... I mean, it's not It's not that I hate... Yeah, like I say, it's, I don't hate dogs and I don't hate dog owners as a breed, um but yeah no mm. no because what you said then like, that just re- i i remembered it was a hateful about two weeks ago three weeks ago it was before the half and it was a tiny tiny dog that was actually less enthusiastic but more inquisitive and did just mm. stop in front of me which meant that i had to stop and, and there wasn't even a word from the dog owners there was nothing to say oh i'm i'm sorry that it just stopped you run or yeah um you know, there was no, there's no kind of like, oh my God, you've had to pause your GPS, which I, you know, as a runner is pretty hard deal. going. It's a big deal. <laughs> For God's sake. Um, but yeah, no, there was no kind of, there was no apology. There was no nothing. And even worse, and this is not the same dog, but it was a very similar dog. I was running after, uh, there are runners that run with their dogs. And there was a, uh, there was a couple of women who I was behind and they were so they were running in front of me and they had a dog that wasn't on the lead and it was clearly a pretty well-behaved sort of smallish dog Mm. um, and was was keeping up with them roughly but would kind of duck out every now and then to do kind of doggy sort of things and sniff stuff and go around in circles and then it would kind of catch up with them but they weren't paying much attention to it so I saw this dog have a poo in someone's front garden and oh, then no. run off and they didn't notice that. Oh, that's so, not good. It's not great, is that's it? That's so, naughty dog owner behaviour. Yeah. And it, it, it's 
yeah. it's terrible it's so, stressful taking dogs on walks and i think yeah uh, people think oh i'm gonna have a dog and it's gonna be lovely i'm gonna get out all the time and have lovely relaxing walks your focus mm. has to be the dog the whole time always mm. always yeah so yeah that's that's a it's a small portion of society it's not all dog owners it's not all dog i have to repeat that over and over and over again there are there are and and I probably this is the issue. I'll probably, slag them off. Yeah, it's I, all bloody dog owners. Oh, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> well, oh, I can't bear it. I just I think, and also I think actually I come from a position where I don't like dogs as much as you do. So we could team up on this though, and I reckon next Saturday morning, yeah, I'll have all the dogs. I'll look after them, <laughs> and you can have a clear towpath. A clear, yeah, but then I'd have all the angry looks from all the dog owners that aren't able to go out with their dogs. No, because I've taken up them all. You've taken them all? Oh, brilliant. Marvellous. Yeah, well, I've yeah. taken... I don't want to hang out with the dog owners, but I'll take the dogs. <laughs> you take the dogs. <laughs> take the dogs. We'll just, the dog owners will just have to go somewhere else. I'll just, yeah, yeah. they'll just stay inside and watch Saturday morning kitchen. I'll, do you know, I'll get them to stroke some cats. Yeah. You know, because... You know, cats are, are a wonderful, wonderful thing. And, you take um, them over to the dark side. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dogs are more intelligent than cats. I mean, it's just a load of old rubbish, isn't it? Oh, I mean, I'm sure cats really are much more intelligent. Their intelligence is not why I'm particularly keen on dogs. <laughs> Bless their souls. Bless their souls. Bless their their souls. But you're right that it comes down in the end to the dog owners, doesn't it? Because Mm. we all know that dogs are lovely, dumb idiots and (laughs) that they're they're not, they don't know what's going on. They're going to come right up to you and and say hello or try and sort of come and climb up your bike to come and speak to you. and. And yeah, it's the responsibility of, of dog owners, however boring it is, to yeah. watch them like you watch a child on a walk. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Did you have any other irritations or if I just completely ostracized our entire listenership by just by slacking off what A I know, and I people t- I, and B dogs. And B dogs. <laughs> um, and you know, that makes, that's, that's all our listeners really, isn't it? It is. Oh God, I'm so <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. It really isn't all dogs. It isn't no, all I don't dog think animals. you're, I don't think you should worry about ostracism. Well, please do write in and let us know if you're never going to listen to the podcast again because oh. Esther's a horrible woman who hates dogs. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> But I don't think that's what anybody would think because I think it's very, um, sorry, I've distracted myself because I've just got um, what I think is a bit of my salt and vinegar crisps in my eye. <laughs> anyway, it'll be fine. But um Oh Holly, I, I thought I thought you weren't supposed to eat crisps unless it was fifteen minutes after exercise. I tell you what though, it bloody was. It was it? <gasps> It was. Oh. Like, I, I took a leaf out of Kate Percy's and I got some salt and vins on my way home from my gym class. <laughs> Good girl. That's training yeah. food, that is. <laughs> yeah, my training food today was mm. uh, I had a sandwich with cheese, corn ham. I love corn ham. It's what so the hell weird. is corn ham? Corn. You know, oh, corn. Oh. God, it's corn. <laughs> What's that Oh, this sounds awful. Oh, I see corn. Corn. corn ham. Ham. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that making me laugh so much? <laughs> corn ham. 
Oh, it's so good. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but I love it. Maybe I just haven't eaten meat for so long, but (laughs) it tastes good to me. Corn ham, Mm -hmm. cheese, salad. Not a very healthy sandwich, but it was so good. And some salt and vinegar crisps. Perfect. Perfect. Lots of water because I was very dehydrated after my session. Uh, Anyway, my things that irk me, I don't think I've... Nothing apart from the things that I I brought up last time, which is just so textbook people pleaser me, wasn't it? It was something like, oh, I just wish more people would smile. (laughs) But I think, you know, between the two of us... Um, if if anyone had to guess who would be more irked by just general stuff, it's always going to be me, isn't it? I am such an angry oh. woman. Get so cross and vexed. It makes by... you funny and interesting and clever, I think. Whereas um, I'm a bit of a bloody, I'm the golden retriever that won't get out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a golden retriever, what am I there? I think I am like some kind of mastiff aren't i i'm just oh remember when we did that we 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 should know what dogs we are we should know what dogs we, we had are. to do a, a quiz about it at work yeah we did didn't we and yeah. i can't remember what As i was but i didn't like it roughly tell from the <laughs> reaction it wasn't necessarily our favorite activity <laughs> <laughs> oh. i thought i was a mastiff and i think you? you were maybe you were i can't remember i think i was but a small I'd, bitey I'd... one wasn't i wasn't i a bitey one i can't <laughs> <laughs> yeah just uh you wouldn't be i don't think you'd be a dog though i think you'd be a i would be a cat you'd be a, a nice tortoiseshell cat or something i think yeah I'd, I'd yeah i'd probably be you know you've got those kinds of cats that that really push for a for a stroke and and wind themselves around your legs and stuff like that that wouldn't yeah. be me that i love no. those cats but that wouldn't be me i'd be the kind of one that sort of shoots your really filthy look and then just fucks off Oh no! Yeah, I feel oh, like yeah. I love that cat. You'd be the kind of cat that was like, you, could, you know, I, your praise means very little to me. I could, I, I, I'll take it. I can sit here and have a stroke if you want to give me one. But I'm, there's plenty of mice out there, and there's all sorts yeah. I could be doing. I think it'd be like next. I door's, respect those cats. I, my next door neighbor's cat is that cat, and we love him so so intensely. And mm. occasionally, we know that he loves us back because when we feed him after a few days, he does leave us like half a mouse or a bit of a frog oh. and things like that. We're like, oh, you're so sweet. That's so lovely. But he looks at us with utter, utter disdain and would allow mm. something like three and a half strokes before he's like, yeah, that's great. That's great. No, no, no. Too much. I'm off. Too much. That's it. Done. Sorry. Don't touch me. And you're oh. like, oh, you're just wonderful. So see, I think I just see those cats as like, as, as, I'd love to have the confidence to be able to be one. But unfortunately, <laughs> I could stay and be stroked all day. And I'd still, when you stop, be like, do you not love me? <laughs> <laughs> and therein lies the difference between our personalities. I think that was almost like a mini therapy session, just you working out what? what cats and dogs we were. Oh that was really good. You're I a golden retriever and that. I'm the kind of bastard cat from next door oh my god but you're clever and interesting and with no friends <laughs> at least you've at least you've got half a brain <laughs> but I'm very isolated aren't I and <laughs> lick lick my own bum so there's kind of <laughs> 
<laughs> I think we both do that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. And I did do yoga this morning, so I almost could at one point. So, yeah, well uh, done. Thanks. I wanted to do some yoga this morning. I might do some yoga later. I feel oh. like I need a little bit of a little stretch out. Yeah, a little stretch out. Yeah. Well, go and yeah. say hello to Adrienne then. I will. It will be her, of yeah. course. And Benji, who I'm sure you loathe. Benji, yes. <laughs> who I don't hate. <laughs> no, Benji's, Benji's lush, isn't he? He's he a good, yeah, he, he's, a good he's the kind of dog that I would love. Yeah, because his owner has taught him well. So yeah. there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Holly. Well, well, I think we're going to have to wrap up because we've had sweat. We've had dog hatred. We've had cat love. Um, and yeah. I, don't, I don't know how else to really put people off a running podcast apart from hate dogs and not talk about running. So yeah. <laughs> quickly get to get it in. Do yeah. come back. We love dogs and we <laughs> love running. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> Promise. <laughs> Even though we've not done much of that, but yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Do please email us at wrpodcast at anthem.co.uk with any questions or running stories, as we'd love to include them in a future podcast. This podcast was recorded over Zencaster. The editor and composer was David Newman. Please hit like and subscribe. That way you won't miss the next episode. For just £2 a month, you can become one of our first supporters on Patreon. For the price of a very cheap coffee, you'll have our undying adoration and a couple of exclusive perks too. Go to patreon.com forward slash women's running and join our gang. Happy running. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.